so I'm going to ask you first to turn to Haggai chapter 2, and we'll read verses, yeah, we'll just go with 6 onwards. These are words that, when Mike preached a few weeks ago, they really struck me, and I've kept thinking over them for the last few weeks. And I believe that God has a word that's very much for this time, for us, and for here and now. Um, out of them. I freely admit that I feel almost underprepared in a way, even though I've been looking at these verses for weeks, because I feel as though what God's saying is bigger than me. So I'm trusting him to sort of speak through me, and I don't quite know which of the thoughts and ideas and so on I'll be exploring today. So this could be quite fun. <coughs> this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of, the pre of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. The key phrase that really has kept standing out to me there is this. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at the world today, there's one pattern that shouts out a lot. There is an obsession with nostalgia. Looking back, it's all the rage. Just look at the movies. My job is to write about Star Wars for a living. <laughs> Newsflash, that came out in 1977. We're not exactly talking state of the moment here, are we? Look at the biggest blockbusters, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Do you know, most of those characters were made up in the 1960s. And it's not just a matter of the movies. When I was a child, I grew up loving Enid Blyton books. And at the time, they were seen as out of date and old fashioned, and I was bullied for it. Nowadays, my nieces and nephews are reading Enid Blyton books, and they're fashionable. It's quite incredible how much nostalgia drives popular culture today. But looking beyond that, you see hints of it in politics as well. The two most powerful political phrases of the last decade, and I'm not going to air my own political views on them here, don't worry. But look at them. Make America great again. Take back control. Backwards looking, all about what was, and maybe a, a desperate attempt to reclaim what was. This powerful sense of nostalgia, I believe in yesterday. That basically is the motto of the current age. Why is that the case? Why is nostalgia such a powerful force? 
I think, to be honest, that it's because the present has been quite disappointing. We've gone through a lot. Look at the UK for the last decade. You've had the economic crash, austerity, utter chaos in politics. Then you've had a pandemic. Inflation, war in Europe. Oh my word, just turn the news off, it's depressing. The present has just been so exhausting. And it's worn people down. And then when we look to the future, what do we see? Well, you don't want to watch the news when it tries to talk about the future. Because it's not exactly positive, is it? And so it's easier to look to yesterday and to live in yesterday, to live in nostalgia, to live in what was. We've all heard the phrase, the best is yet to come. To be honest, our current society kind of has the view of the best is what was and never will be again. That's honestly what you get the impression of. Something similar was going on in Israel at this time, at the time of Haggai. And the temple, I think, was a bit of a symbol of that. Because the temple, the first temple, had been built when Israel was at its greatest moment. And it was splendid. It was built by King Solomon, seen as the greatest of Israel's kings. It was lavish. It was made at a time when all nations of the world would want to come to Israel and would say, yeah, we'll give you our best goods because we want a great trading relationship with you. And Israel had never been greater, than, a, more influential on a global scale than it was under Solomon. But now, that temple lay in ruins. And Haggai was here calling the people to build a new temple. And I can just picture them. Well, you remember Solomon's temple? Nobody's going to give us gold anymore. We're just a global backwater now. What's it going to look like to compare with what was? We're never going to be able to build something that glorious again. It'll just be a reminder of how far we've fallen, Haggai. Why would we want to rebuild the temple? We can't. We can't do it. And then God says to those fearful, heartbroken, nostalgic people, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Why? Why will the glory of the present house be greater than the glory of the former house? Because the people were looking at the wrong thing. They thought the temple was glorious because of its furnishings, because of its gold, because of its trappings. It was glorious because the glory of the Lord dwelled within it. It was glorious because the temple was what God had said, I will dwell with my people in this place. That was the glory of the temple. And our God is not a God of the decrease. He is a God of the increase. So he was there saying, you know what? I dwelled with you 
and I will dwell with you in increasing measure. You can look back at your yesterdays, and yes, they were great, but you know what? With me, the best is always yet to come. Always. For that is who I am. I am the God of the increase. I am the God of the abundance. There are two ways to look at the past. The first is to look at the past and to live in it and to think it'll never be as good as that again. The second is to look at the past and say, if God did that, how much more can he do today? And in our society right now, as I studied these words, as I thought about these words, I just felt like God was saying, stop, stop. Stop living in your yesterdays. Stop living in nostalgia. Don't buy into the trap the world has bought into. We live in the nostalgic world. And so we as Christians can get so easily caught up in that same sense of nostalgia. We can remember the times we met with God in the past and we can think, that was wonderful, that was amazing. Oh, I love that time. I remember that miracle. And then we can get so caught up in today's hassles and worries and trials and troubles that we stop believing in God for the present moment. We stop thinking that God, all you've done in the past, you can do even more. <clears throat> we fall into the same trap as the world. And God, I believe today, is saying, no, with me the best is always yet to come. Always. Always yet to come. And I believe that for us as a church. We have... Every church in this country, to be honest, has gone through so much trouble over the last few years. It's been hard. And we as a church, we've seen people we love who are no longer part of our church. And that breaks our hearts because we miss them. <laughs> but here is what I believe God is saying to us today. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. We can come before God and we can praise him for all he has done in the past for us as a fellowship. But I believe with all my heart that he is saying today, I am going to do more. Take what was and take that as an encouragement that I am going to do more. More than you have ever seen in your lives before. More than you can think of. More than you can imagine. I am going to do more. Think of those miracles of the past. I am going to do more. I am going to do greater things than you have ever known before. Because that is who I am. I am the God of the increase, not the God of the decrease. So do not let yourself be trapped by your yesterdays, but instead look to tomorrow with faith, knowing that I have not changed. I am the God of the increase, he says. The glory of this present house, the things I am doing now, that glory will be greater than the things I have done in the past. And as I read these words, you can see why they jolted me, because they spoke into my heart, and they said to me, look forward, look forward with faith. Look forward in all your trials, in all the difficulties, in all the the hardness of the day-to-day -day at the present moment. Look forward beyond that. Recognize that God is at work and the glory of what he is doing now 
will be greater. Trust. Or as that song, raise a hallelujah, put it, hope. Hope. Hope is the antidote to nostalgia. Hope is the antithesis. I love that word. It's the opposite of nostalgia. Because nostalgia says, the best is what was. Hope says, the best is yet to come. And hope, our God is the God of hope. Because the best is always yet to come with him. In Isaiah, you have a fascinating verse where God says to forget the former things. Now that is a a strange one because there are so many other verses that talk about remembrance. Why in Isaiah does God suddenly say, forget the former things? It's because in that day, the former things had become a trap. Because they'd become captive to their yesterdays. They believed in yesterday more than they did in tomorrow. And God was saying, no. When yesterday becomes a trap, forget the former things. Look, I am doing a new thing. Do you see it? Do you perceive it? Forget the former things. They've become a trap. Look to the new thing I am doing today that is going to transform your tomorrows. Now, when we as a church recognize this, I believe this is a word for this church, but I also believe this is true of the church in the West on a wider scale here. When the church recognizes this, when we stop living in our yesterdays, we have an answer to the world's need. We can help the world be liberated from the trap that the enemy has caught it in. This trap of nostalgia, of hopelessness, of the day-to-day drudgery that has sapped all sense of hope. The church has the answer to that. Why? Because we have the God of all hope. And here's the thing. When we talk about this on a national scale and even on a global scale, we need to be real. We need to be real. Because ironically, the things we look at in the yesterdays, they weren't always quite so glorious as we make out. Solomon. (laughs) Israel had never been greater. You know what? Solomon fell. Solomon in all his glory and splendor. I like that ringtone. Um, Sorry. Solomon in all his glory and splendor. He lost his focus on God completely. Rather than be a light to the nations under Solomon, Israel started absorbing, started being conformed to the patterns of the world. Lost its way. There's a reason Israel was never greater than it was under Solomon. It's because that's where the downhill slope started. The nostalgia that the Israelites were looking at, it wasn't real. They were looking at something that wasn't there. And I think the same is true when we look at the history of this country. We talk so much, uh, so often about, oh, make it Christian again. I know a little bit too much about history to believe this country was ever anything more than culturally Christian. Yes, there were great revivals and great moves of God, and I'm not going to diminish them at all. But when you scratch the surface, there was still injustice, there was still sin, there was still evil. There was so much that was wrong. 
Ironically, I think that the world so often says, you know what, I'm going to neutralize Christianity by absorbing it, by turning it into the power structures of, this, of a nation, of an empire. And that way, we can Christianize what is actually very unchristian. So I don't want, when we talk about revival, and things like that. I don't want the things of the old that never scratched the surface. That left injustice running rampant. I don't want that. I want a greater glory than any of those revivals that we see in history. Because I want the injustices of this current world to be overturned by the light and the goodness and the glory of God. I don't want the patterns that we saw in the past where, yay, we, some people come to God, but society, it just quietly finds a way to adapt and Christianize things. I don't want that. I want more. So when I look to this passage, I see something that stirs me. Something that stirs me for my country. That says, let's not be satisfied. Let's not look to the past and say, can we at least have that again? No, I don't want that again. I want something greater. Today, I believe that God has a word here for us. And it's a word of hope. It's an antidote to the mess that the country is in and to the mess that we so easily get caught up in as well. Today, I believe God is saying, yeah, the former things... I did great things. I did wonderful things. I don't mean to diminish those things in any way. But don't live in them. Don't live in the past. And when you look at your present, don't let the present wear you down. Don't let the drudgery, the hardness, the I've got to just get through another day-ness. Don't let that diminish your faith. Don't let that Turn your eyes to the past. Instead, look beyond your present circumstances to the future. Because the God who we know is a God of the increase. A God whose glory is always greater. Always. I'm just going to pray for a moment here. It just feels right to... <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for the times I've looked to the past and lived in the past and focused so much on the things you've done. On the things you've done that I miss what you're doing in the moment and I miss what you're promising and what you're going to do. But God, I thank you. I thank you that you are the God of the increase. And though the present moment may sometimes seem so overwhelming, I can look forward to the future with hope. Knowing that the glory of what you are doing now will be greater than the glory of what was. And right now, God, I bring my church before you. And I bring every member, every leader, every single person here. And I pray this truth over their lives. I thank you that you have plans for them that are greater than anything you have done. 
So right now, God, I speak into every one of our hearts a seed of faith. Let us look to the future with faith, with hope, knowing that ours is the God of the increase. Ours is the God who the past is just the prologue. The past is just the prologue to what you are going to do now. So let us live in the moment with eyes of hope. Let us be hopeful people so that the world looks to us and says, we're depressed and fed up. Why aren't you? How have you cast off that spirit of heaviness? How have you? Let us be a people of hope, a community of hope, confident that he who has begun a good work within us will carry it on to completion. Confident that we are being transformed from glory to glory, ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing. 